Daf Pei Gimel, the first words of Pei Gimel Amid Aleph. In the Mishnah Shita of Rav Yaisi, we had a Machlekes Rav Yechon Rish Lakish, whether Androgynous is a Vadei Zachar or a Suffix Zachar. Let's go with Rav Yechon's approach. Rav Yaisi holds an Androgynous is a Vadei Zachar. Says the Gemara, Amirav, Les Lamasnisa Mekami Braisa. There is a Machlekes between the Mishnah version of Rav Yossi and the following Braisa of Rav Yossi. There's a contradiction. We have the Mishnah, which said that it's a, a Zachar Vadai, but there's going to be a Braisa that disagrees, and Rav says we go with the Braisa. What's the Braisa? The Braisa says, The Braisa actually feels it's not a Suffolk, it's a new Bria. It's a new Bria. It's not that we're not sure whether it's a female Zachar, it's a new Bria. So this Braisa is not like our Mishnah, because the Braisa feels that it's a new Bria Legamri. And um, and the Mishnah feels that it's a Vadei Zacher. So you have a Machloikis between Rav Yossi of the Mishnah, Rav Yossi of the Brisa, and Rav says we go with the Brisa. So why would we go with the Brisa? L'chaira, if you have a contradiction of Rav Yossi, you should probably go with the Mishnah. So the Gemara says, Shouldn't you go with the uh, Mishnah? Why would you go with the Brisa? So the Gemara says, Middashavke Rav Yossi the Barzuge Shmamina Hadarbe. In the Mishnah, it was of Yaisi for Rav Shimon. In the Brais, it's just of Yaisi. The fact that Rav Yaisi no longer is going with his partner, that means that there was a split. So the assumption is that the Mishnah came first, that you had Rav Yaisi and Rav Shimon together, and the fact that he's now on his own, that implies that uh, that Shita no longer, uh, no longer is viable. So the Gemara says you go with the Brais. Shmuel Amar, no, he says the opposite. Less the Brisa, Mekam Asisan. I go with the Mishnah over the Brisa. I, the Gemara says, Adar Abel Esna Sin Mekam Ebrisa. Hashmuel of Shmuel, the Chayish Lechida. Shmuel's general sheet is that you should be Chayish for a Yachid. So why does Shmuel hold that uh, you go with the Brisa, uh, go with the Mishnah over the Brisa? Shmuel's sheet is generally to be Chayish for a Yachid. So you should go with the Brisa. The answer is Hani Mila Kilay Misakam Asisan. Misakam Asisan Loi Chayish. He's only going to go with a brisa if it's not in contradiction to a mishnah. But when there's a brisa against the mishnah, it's more reasonable that you go with a mishnah. The mishnah were the choices of the teachings, and therefore Shmuel goes with the mishnah. Okay, very good. Omri be Rav Mishmid Rav, the yeshiva of Rav, quoting Rav says halacha of Yosi banjreginus ubaharkova. The halacha follows of Yosi in the following topics. That's what this basically today's daf is going to be. Um, most of the daf is going to be quoting other things of Rav Yossi. So Rav Yossi of Androgynous, says Rav, the halacha follows Rav Yossi, that we had, which is uh, the b'risa, that it's a b'ri of And then the second teaching of Rav, he just joined, should I do the, okay, whatever, just, we'll just carry on. Uh, the second teaching of Rav is when it comes to harkava, when it comes to grafting. And Klai, and we'll see what this is. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel says the halacha follows Rav Yosi b'Kaishi u'b'Kiddush regarding Kiddush and Kaishi. Well, what these things are, the Gemara looks like. Let's go through each one. Androgynous Adarma. We know what androgynous is. Again, Rav says the halacha follows Rav Yosi by androgynous and by Harkova. So we know what androgynous is. That's the Shiloh, whether androgynous is a man or a woman or a Bri B'Fnei And that we already have. Harkova, what's the discussion of Harkova? Harkova is like this. We know that on Shemitah, you're not allowed to work the fields. Not only are you not allowed to work the fields, you're not allowed to do something before Shemitah that will take time to plant. Let's say you're planting a tree, and you know it takes two weeks for the tree to take root. You can't plant it a day before Shemitah and say, oh, well, I did it before Shemitah. It's going to take root during Shemitah. The question is, how much time do you need to set aside before Shemitah 
to set aside before Shemitah that that uh, that that it won't it won't it won't take root on Shemitah. I mean, basically, how long does it take for it to take root before you you know? So you'd have to allocate that time before Shemitah. By the way, they could hear me, right? No, I just want to make sure because I'm not used to like the phone thing. I apologize. So the Gemara says, yeah. I think so. I think Eitan would tell me if he if he didn't. The Gemara says the Tanan, or if not, he's just gonna look at me mouthing yeah. silently for an hour, which is cool. All right, we're good. We're good. Whatever. He doesn't say that you're muted. I'm gonna go with that. The Tanan, the Mishnah says like this: Ein noitin, you're not allowed to plant. Vein mavrichin, vein markivin, you're not allowed to graft, and 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 another form of grafting. You need to set aside 30 days. And if you did it within 30 days, you have to uproot it because it takes 30 days for things to take root. Rav Yehuda Oimer, Kol Arkavashena Kaletis, Beshloishi Yom Shoven Kaletis, Rav Yehuda says not three days. So the Tanakhama says 30 days for things to take root, which means you can't start working the land. 30 days before Shemitah, you already have to set aside. Rav Yehuda says three days. Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Shimon, I'm Shabbos. Rabbi Yaisi and Shimon say two weeks. Now, okay, now for the record, we have Machlaika, so basically, when do you have to stop working? When do you stop working for, for Shemitah? 30 days, three days, or, or two weeks? Rav Nachman qualifies those Shemitahs, and he, and he clarifies, and that is, we know that the source of Tosef Shabbos. He's learned that from Shemitah, because biblically you have to be moisif onto Shemitah 30 days before. So Rabbi Nachman says, when it says 30 days, it's not 30 days from Shemitah, it's 30 days from 30 days of Shemitah. Because 30 days before Shemitah, you already have to treat the lands like Shemitah. In it's called Tesef Shviyas, which is, so it's 60 days. Now, Tesis doesn't like this, because Tesis uh, says, it says 30 days before Shoshana. That's Rabbi Nachman says that. That's what it must mean. Rabbi Nachman says, When we said shloishim, so shloishim u'shloishim, thirty days before thirty days, and l'divra oimish shloisha, so shloishim u'shloishim, three days is thirty-three days. L'divra oimish teshabos, so teshabos u'shloishim. Okay. So that's the teaching of Rav Yosi, where he said the halacha follows Rav Yosi. That's talking about the fact that Rav Yosi said two weeks. Okay. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel said the halacha follows Rav Yossi in the following two discussions. That's Kaishi and Kiddush. Now, Kaishi is like this. We don't paskin like this anymore. I just want to clarify. But if you've learned Mishnayis, you know, Mishnayis in the laws of Nida, that there was a cycle. A woman sees blood, she's a Nida for seven days. After Nida, for seven days, is an 11-day cycle in between where she, she's Tahar. If she sees blood that day... Then she's tummy that day, but she's fine the next day. She's blood the next day. Then she's tummy that day. She's two days, three days in a row. She becomes a zava, right? And then she has to wait for seven days of tahara, and then she has to uh, bring a carbon. Okay, so the halacha is that if a woman gives birth, we know that the first there's a time period of tahara. There's tummy, then you're tahar after giving birth. If you go into birth as a zava, then you're tame. Then the, the laws of your letters don't apply. Then you're just tame straight. So zava again is during the eleven days between nida cycles. If you see three days of blood in between, that's a zava. The halacha is that if you see blood during those time periods because of labor, because of labor pain, you're not a zava. Again, we, we don't pass in any of this. I just want to make that clear. But 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 during those eleven days, if you see blood. But we know that the blood is due to labor. You're not a zava. 
Okay. So the question is, what if a woman's in labor for uh, five days, six days, seven? Days? Like how how long? How long? Like how long do we go with all the, oh, the blood is because of labor? Again, she has contractions. Let's say she has contractions for two weeks. Luyitzur is such a mitzvah. Does that? And she sees blood for two weeks. So she's not a zava. That's the question. The question is how how much time do we give for the blood that comes due to labor pains to just qualify that it's not a zava. It's just due to labor pains. So the Gemara, that's what that, this mission is dealing with. Again, these sugis are not as sugis, but just, you know. How long can labor last that we could um, touch up, that we could uh, explain off the blood as being due to labor as opposed to being a zava? So Rav Meir Oymer, Oy Arboy Moichamishim Yoim, 40 or 50 days. Rav Yehuda Oymer, Daya Chadasha. Rav Yehuda says, Daya Chadasha, which means it's enough for it to be in the ninth month, meaning from the ninth month on. And Rav Yaisi, Rav Shimon, I'm in Kishi Yaisi, Mashesh says two weeks. Okay, two weeks is the most. More than two weeks, we won't, we, at some point it becomes a Zav. Okay. The last one was Kiddush, which is that we pass like Rav Yaisi by Kiddush. What is that? It's not. Let's say you have your friend has a grain and you want to be a, a not nice person, so you plant a vineyard, right? You put a vineyard right on top of his grain, right over his grain. You hang a vineyard. So it's climb. They, they, have, they nurture from each other. It creates climb. So you basically, you made your friend's field climb. So, says our mayor, he's got to burn the field. He's got to destroy the field. And you have to pay for it. You're going to it. You, have to, you caused him a damage. He's got to destroy the field. But you have to pay for it. Okay. Rav Yaisi, Rav Shimon, Oymrim, Rav Yaisi, and Rav Shimon say no. Go to the next page. You don't have the right to aser something that you don't own. Meaning, it's not aser. You can't just go over to someone else's field and, and put climb over. That doesn't, that doesn't create an issa. Now, the, the Taisis asked the obvious question, which is, you, you, you want to be a real not nice person. You have a guy, you know, you, you, your friend is making chicken. And you just take milk and just pour all over the water. It's also, I know the The answer is, it's milk and meat. So what do you want? So it, it, you have to figure out exactly how this is different and why this is different. But as it says, kasha. Over here, it's partially tali and machshava. Um, I, I wish I knew these sugis well enough, but apparently planting it there, because they're not actually planted together, it's just hanging over it, it's tully, and how long you want it to be there. So it's kind of tully, I'm not sure. But that's nice. But the kasha alone is a, is, a, is a good kasha, to try to figure out exactly where, you know, what's the distinction. But that's Rav Yossi Shita. Okay, so you have Rav said the halacha follows Rav Yossi in two cases, Rabbi Shmuel says the halacha follows Rav Yossi in two cases, all entirely different. So the question is, what does the other one say about those cases? Yeah, let's go through each one. Right? Rav says the halacha follows Rav Yossi in Androgynous. What does Shmuel say? So the Gemara says, Tashma, Amr Shmuel, Rav Anon, Les Labraisa, Mekamas Nisan. He follows the Mishnah. Okay, that's what he says. Harkova, Mali Amr Shmuel. What does Shmuel say about Harkova? Which is, again, the Rav Yossi said you have two weeks prior to Shemitah for things to take root. What does Shmuel say about that Shiloh? Because Rav says, that Allah follows Rav Yossi. What does Shmuel say? So the Gemara says, um, 
He goes with three, which is not Rav Yosi Shita. Kushi Mali Amirav, what does the Rav say about Kaishi, which is again for how long it takes that will explain labor pains? Shmuel says the Halacha of Rav Yosi. What does Rav say about that discussion? Take, we don't know. And Kiddush Mali Amirav, and what did what did Rav say about Kiddush, the last case of Klayim? Shmuel says the Halacha of, huh? We're trying to understand Shmuel, aren't we? No we're, no, we're just trying to say what, what would Rav say about it. Because Shmuel said Al Chafal Yosi. Rav didn't say anything. Oh, okay. So is that an omission or, is, or you know, he just doesn't address it? So what does Rav say about the case of uh, Klein? Shmuel says Al Chafal Yosi that ain't other Moise Dabrashain Shaloi. What does Rav say about that? So the Gemara says, Tashima, Dhamma Ravuna Marav, ain't Allah Kravi Yosi. Al Chafal Zanafal Rav Yosi. Okay. Amalia Baya, my chazas is Samachaho. Samachaho, Dhamma Ravadim Rav, Halacha Kravi Yosi. Okay, stop. The question is, what does Rav say about that discussion? So the, the Gemara said, Rav Huna Marav says, the halacha does not follow Rav Yossi. So Rav Huna says, the name of Rav, the halacha does not follow Rav Yossi. So the Gemara says, why go with that version? But there's another version that says, instead of Rav Huna, it was Bey Rav, quotes Rav, is saying the halacha does follow Rav Yossi. So there's a contradiction in what Rav, Yossi, what Rav says about that discussion. Rav Huna says, in the name of Rav, the halacha does not follow Rav Yossi. Bey Rav says, the halacha does follow Rav Yossi. So why are you going to go with one over the other? So the Gemara answers, I'll tell you why. Omri Bey Rav, whenever we quote in Shas Bey Rav, the yeshiva of Rav, who is that? That was Rav Huna. So if one of them is Rav Huna and the other one is Bey Rav, that means that Rav Huna is correct and the Bey Rav is obviously flawed because Bey Rav is Rav Huna. So therefore, if it's quoting Rav Huna and it's quoting Bey Rav, Bey Rav was Rav Huna. He was the one who always recorded the statements of Rav in the yeshiva. So therefore, if, it's, if you got two versions, you got Rav Huna, you got Bey Rav, go with Rav Huna. It's more, much more accurate. Okay. Fine. Let's just finish up the uh, parak. Um, Rav Yehuda says that a tumtum, which is someone that's born with skin covering that area, if... Um, after surgery, you cut it open, and he's a male. He'll be a sris. So you don't do uh, don't do chalitza uh, because he's a sris. He won't be able to have children. That's the medical uh, the medical uh, diagnosis. Amar of Ami, my Ovid Rav Yehuda letumtum debiri. What does Rav Yehuda explain? The guy that there was a tumtum from the city of Biri. Why? What happened to him? He had surgery to remove that part of the skin. And he was a man. And he had seven sons. So you see, you could have children, right? His wife had seven sons. So what does our view to say about that? I thought he says that you have to be a you're a sris. All tumtumims are sris. So the Gemara says, says uh, maybe they're not his kids. Uh, well, I would look into it. You're right. I think it's uh, a very big problem. Uh, how does he have seven kids? I'm, I don't think they're from him. I think that his wife's not faithful. That's, that's the answer. Okay. So Rav Yehuda holds that a, sris, that a tumtum is a vada sris. Rav Yaisi bar Yehuda Omer, Rav Yaisi bar Yehuda had a different version, which is tumtum lo yachlitz shema yikra v'nimtza sris chama. A tumtum might be a sris. Now the Gemara just says that a tumtum shouldn't do chalitza because he might be a sris. What about the fact that he might be female? Like why are you saying that a tumtum shouldn't do chalitza because he might be a sris? He, he also might be female. You should say that too. <laughs> so the Gemara says, Atu or what? Every tumtum that's covered in skin has to be a male. It could be a female. So the Gemara says, Haki That's what he meant to say. A tumtum shouldn't do chalitza because he might be a female. And even if he's a male, he might be a suris. So statistically, the likelihood of him doing chalitza is very, very small. So the Gemara says, now, so you have two versions. Rabbi Yehuda holds that a tumtum is a suris. Rabbi Yosi Bar Yehuda holds that a tumtum is a might be a suris. 
What's the difference? They both hold that you shouldn't do chalitza. What's the difference? The Gemara says, "My binayu, You know the difference is. Let's say he did do chalitza. According to Yehuda, the chalitza was not effective at all, and she doesn't have the status of a chalitza regarding any halacha. She's not also to the brothers. She's not pasulakuna because he holds that he's a vaday sris. Rav he's a suffix sris. Suffix sris. Maybe he shouldn't do chalitza, but if he did, it is effective enough that it asks her to the other brothers. Or let's say he's the only brother around. So she could either go free or do chalitza. Rav Yudah holds he's a vade sris. No need to do chalitza. It's, it's a completely meaningless. Rav Yudah says it's a suffix sris. Okay. Says maybe could I to do it mitzad suffix if he's the only brother around. Okay. Back to the Gemara that we had yesterday, the, the famous Gemara that we had yesterday, which is that Androgynous is a man, and even though he has two, as uh, Adam Cohen would like to say, two, uh, Yonah Cohen would like to say, two orifices, that's why he, he felt that I should use that word, he felt that it was more fancy. Two orifices, he has two Makoimis in the body, he has the Makoim of a man and the Makoim of a female. He's chayv m'shnei If a man lives with him in either of those mekoymes, you're chayv. Because he's a zachar, but it's a zachar that has two mekoymes, so you're in both mekoymes. That's what Rebbe Yudam Rav says. May say, have a kasha. Rav Elezer, I'm enjoying this chayv, let's Here's the problem. You're telling me that he's chayv m'shnei mekoymes. The problem is Rebbe Yezer says that he's a zachar. Meaning, and if a man lives in an androgynous, it's homosexuality, he'll be chayv. Misa. Ba'med v'amun b'zachar shaloy, ab'meneh k'sheh loy pater. But says Rav Yezer, it's only chayiv in the makim of a man, the orifice of a man where the waist comes out. The makim that he has of a female, he's not going to be chayiv. So you're going to tell me, you tell me he's chayiv in two makimis. Rav Yezer says you only chayiv in the makim zacher. So the answer is it's a machlekes. So the Gemara says, okay, it's machlekes. Hudamer kaitana, Titania, Rav Simoy, Oimer, and Dragos Chayim, Skim Hashem Mekaimis. It's machlekes. Rav Yezer and Rav Simoy. Okay. My time to Rav Simoy. What's Rav Simoy's reasoning that you're chayiv only in the mok? You're chayiv in both mekaymes. Amarava bar hamduri asabrali ve'es zacher leitishka mishka ve'isha. This is the source of homosexuality. Ve'es zacher leitishka mishka ve'isha. Now pashup shot. The pasuk is referring to a zacher, but he's saying it says mishka It's plural. It implies that it's talking about one zacher that has two opportunities of mishkav. The only zacher it's possible is an androgynous. Who's the only zachar that you can have two forms of living? Men only have one orifice. I always have two forms of living. The answer is the only one is an androgynous. And you see that it's chayv. Oh, that's the source. Meaning, that, that's the point. Meaning, no, but, but the zachar and mishkavei isha, meaning, meaning mishkavei, both mishkavs are, are... Oh, meaning only? Only by an isha? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. The point is, how do you know that it's referring to that type of zachar? I mean, the Pashup shot is just that uh, you're living with a zachar like you'd live with a woman is chayv. How do you know it's referring to an androgynous? Mishkevei. And then he says, Isha. Yeah, exactly the point. So the Gemara says... So how does he know a regular... Oh, so the Gemara's going to ask that in a second. Then how do you know a regular zachar? Because if you tell me the Pashup is exclusively... The Gemara says, V'rabonon... Avagav de ispe shnei mishkavais es zachar ksiv. The Rabbanon say no, even though it says Mishkevei is Zacher, it starts with Zacher. They go with the first part of the Pasuk. I think the Gemara said, Rabbanon Zacher greater than Minolan. How the Rabbanon know a regular male? 
Right, so I guess Rav Yossi, uh, Rav Simoy would learn how to regular mail from the Ez Zachar. Isha is to tell you that an androgynous Yechayah for both Mekayimus, Ez Zachar is a man. The problem is that according to the Rabbonon, the Pasuk is saying that an androgynous is only Chayiv in one Makim, so how do you know every other male is Chayiv? Maybe Dafkin androgynous for whatever reason. So the Gemara says, Rabbonon Zachar Gredim Inalu, Me'isha. Okay, the extra Dorjish, okay. Uh, how do you know Stam that living with a woman in the part of the body where waste comes out? How do you know that's considered a maisabia in halacha? Okay. Okay, I'll just say this outside. We'll see it inside. And that is Rav Liezer holds that a zacha, that an androgynous is a vaday zacha. The Gemara says that's not true with all species. That's true with humans. If you were to have an animal that's an androgynous, you would not be able to bring it as a carbon, according to Eliezer. Even though a zachar could be brought as a carbon. So what does that show you? That shows you that an androgynous is a zachar, according to Eliezer, in human form. In animals, not necessarily so. Meaning, if you have an androgynous animal, Rebbe Eliezer would not necessarily say that that's a vade zachar behema. Why? Don't know. But just that we're going to prove that he obviously does not hold it because we're going to see in a moment he holds that an androgynous <laughs> is not qualified as a carbon, even though a zacher animal is. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. Okay, fine. Yeah, okay, fine. The Gemara says, the uh, Kaddish. I'm sorry. Loyalcholm Revelaz Androgynous Achamalyu. Revelyazu does not feel that all species of androgynous are males, only by humans. Why? Because if he held that way, that if you have an androgynous animal, it should be brought, it should be able to be brought as a carbon. Because it's a male. And how do I know that's not true? This is referring to um, animals that are not roy to be um, to be bird carbonus. Okay? Um, a bird carbon is the only type of carbon, is the only type of bird where it's a novella by malika. Right? If you just sever the spine, uh, if not done properly, or if not roy for a carbon, if you have an animal that's not roy for a carbon, it's a novella. So they're listing basically animals that are not fit for bird carbonos. That's what this mission is doing. So the mission says, Hanirva, uh, if someone lives with that bird, Muksa, someone set aside that bird as a as a avodazara. Nevad, someone actually served it as avodazara. Esnan, uh, if the bird was used as payment for a zaina. Mechir, if it was used to swap out for a dog. Tumtum madroigenes. Metamin begodim abesabliya. They're all novelas, and they're not roy as a carbon, and they're metamin begodim. Yeah, fine. So the the, the Tanakama feels that an androgynous bird. Is not fit for a carbon. What does Eliezer say? No, Eliezer says no, no, no. They're fit for birds, not for people, not for animals, but birds. Why? It doesn't say zachar by birds. It says zachar by animals. So because it says zachar, that excludes androgynous, but it doesn't say zachar by birds. So birds, you could use an androgynous. What do you see? You see that it says zachar by animals, and he excludes an androgynous. So Rav Shita is that an androgynous is not fit for it as an animal carbon, because it's not a zachar. So you see that Rav Shita is that an androgynous is only a zachar by people, but not by animals. Hence, it's not fit for a krav. Okay. Just finish up the parak. We also had this 
It says in the Braisos, clearly, Rav Liezer Oymen, the next page, Haklayim, uh, which is an animal that was made from crossbeads, Trefa, Yaitzi Daifin, an animal from cesarean section, Tumtum Androgynous, like Kedoshin, Vloy Mekachin. It can't become holy and it can't extend holiness. Bomber Shmuel, like Kedoshin, Metzmura, Vloy Mekachin, Baisi Tzmura. It can't be holy and it can't extend holiness. Meaning it's not fit as a carbon. But more than that, the, the Gemara explains. Not only is it not fit as a carbon, it can't be used as a tzmura. Right? Tzmura is when you have an animal that's a carbon, and you say, oh, I want that animal for myself, let me just ex- transfer the holiness to another animal. So the halacha is, as a penalty, both animals are holy. It's called a tzmura. So the halacha is that an androgynous cannot be involved in any form of a tzmura. Meaning, let's say you have a, a regular carbon, and you're like, I want to transfer holiness to that androgynous, it doesn't work. Or, if you made androgynous a carbon, you're like, I want to transfer holiness to another, it doesn't work. Androgynous is not involved in any kedusha as a carbon. <coughs> not as its own self, not as a tzmura. Transferring like, my that. No? Yeah, no, m- maybe that, perhaps. But not as, not as kedusha saguf. It's not able to no, be a carbon, exactly. Now let's just finish up the parak. Revolzer Mechaival of Skila Kizachar. Tanya Omerav. Amar Rebbe. Rebbe says, Kishalachti lil ben Shamua. Rebbe says that when I went to learn Torah by Rav ben Shamua, Chavru alav tamidav ketarnagoylem shabes bukia. I guess his students were uh, territorial and they did not like outsiders. He said they surrounded me like the chickens of Beis Bukia, who were apparently aggressive chickens. And Volehenachti lil and I couldn't learn. They didn't let me like. They didn't let me learn from him. El davarechad. One thing, Vishasenu, and that's Ravalazarim, Androgynous Chavakov, the only thing they let me learn was this teaching. Hajacharl, I don't know, I, I, listen, I believe Ravalazar, was Ravalazar from the Tami the Beishamai? Maybe they had a Shita. Yeah, um, maybe they had a Shita. It doesn't say, uh, maybe they had a Shita that in order to learn, you gotta show, you gotta like, like, like initiation, you gotta prove your strengths. Like, they didn't want, you, just, you can't just show up and, and, and learn from us. Yeah, right. <laughs> Androgynous is a uh, chayv zocher. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I can't put that together. I'm sure there's some sort of connection, but I'm not able to figure that one out. I will stop here.